0: A roundabout offers the chance to choose a destination. How fast or slow, how cautiously or bravely you approach it. A roundabout provides its user opportunity, danger, but ultimately choice, much like life. Roundabout is a podcast about life, love, journeys, success and failure. Mostly a celebration of living life and making the most of opportunity. Helen Healey. Welcome to Roundabout Podcast Episode 4. I've spent the past few days researching about you as much as I can and have to say I'm super excited to get the opportunity to chat to you. Um, So welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm really happy to be here.
0: No, excellent. Um, Yeah, really, really stoked, as I said. Um, Helen, just to kick right into questions, what was life like growing up in rural Australia in the 60s, 70s? In that era, what was it like for you?
1: Yeah, everything's always relative, so I guess on a global scale and um, in relation to a lot of people I know, my childhood was idyllic. Yeah. We um, lived in Oyen. I was related to pretty much half the town. I do have 73 cousins. How many? 73. Wow. And uh, yeah, I have been asked in the past, are you a or Catholic? Yeah. (laughs) And um, so lots of aunties and uncles and dozens of cousins, literally. Yep. And um my dad and um farmed so we had that whole farming yep. life. Okay. Um he farmed with his brother and then at another stage he um had a um a garage with his brother so they had okay. the Ford dealership. Oh. And um and my dad um was really into um fishing and farming and um, yeah, so we spent a lot of time at the river fishing yeah. or going out to the dams and Dad would chuck a net across one end of the dam and tell all the kids on the count of three to jump in and, and make a lot of noise <laughs> and splashing so the yabbies <laughs> would go into the net. Nice. And, um, you know, or, or even just sitting there patiently with a little bit of meat tied on a bit of string to just catch a yabby that way. Yeah, I know So it. lots of, you know, like that and um, <clears throat> out in boats and, and I remember – You know how we have such a a, a much more restrictive way we allow children freedom now. Like I remember my uncles driving like about four or five carloads of kids into Robbenvale, dropping us off at the Weir, and we had all manner of floatable objects like tractor inner tyres, lilos. Um, My dad had put a bottom on a huge tractor inner tyre, so all the goodies went in there, the water and the snacks and the fishing (laughs) gear. And we would float from the Robbenvale. We're yeah. down. It would take most of the day down to Boilers Bend, which is yeah. just near Hatter.
0: That's some
2: kind it of was adventure. It insane,
1: though. and you know, like it was probably there were eighteen-year-olds, but mm. um, I don't really remember how young the youngest one was. But it, <laughs> we just all looked out for each other and yeah. floated down the river for four or five hours. And
0: that sounds like an <coughs> awesome, uh, an awesome thing to do. I know some mates of mine did it with inflatable pools about. 25 years ago, uh-huh. blow up pools, one was the Esky, pretty much like what you're saying, <laughs> just a, a slightly modern version of that. <laughs> we um, didn't have an
1: Esky. <laughs> You did No, well,
2: of course,
0: good Catholic children, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to do that <clears throat> one time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make that a mission of mine to do that float down the river. That sounds really cool. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. It's
0: one of those always, oh, you know. Um,
1: a couple of times I've floated from the Mildura Wharf to Apex and that's yeah. been really nice to do. It's not that far, but
0: that's pretty cool. Though okay. I think that's what yeah, my mates did actually.
2: Okay.
0: Um, well, so that that word you used that word idyllic and just mm. the, and you brought some a couple of photos in, which is awesome, and that mm. really paints an, a, a great picture for me. Um, so it, it it's probably not in some ways too dissimilar to what kids are doing now. in know do you think in terms of like I think. I look at my kids living in Moldura, they're kind of city in a way, but sure. kids I know from Oyen, they're still doing those things, some of those things anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There's still like this, you know, mass migration to the river for a lot of Moldura and the Oyen and in between yeah. kids. Yeah. And um, I mean, things are different because there's a lot more indoor stuff now with devices and yeah. screens and things. But certainly we were outside from dawn to dusk.
0: Yeah. Mm. It was that, that rule, wasn't it? You can. You know, as long as you're home before, before well, for me it was before the streetlights came on, <laughs> which in summer is nine o'clock or something. Yeah, so yeah. you know, you like you're saying, you know, it was just do what you do, do it safely, don't do anything that will get you in trouble, and yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess the kids it's a bit the same though. There's st- it's it's a similar situation, but they're just they're at home more, I guess.
1: Yeah, and we had um, I remember two other really important things were. Like we all had bikes, of course. Yeah. And then we had um, little trailers behind some of the bikes. And I remember all the cousins and, like, there would be 20, 30, all yeah. ages, and some little kids in the trailer bits. Wow. And we'd go from, like, Oyen out to one of the dams and we'd have the food and the water and whatever. Mm. And we'd go out there and go yabbing and... Then yep. after a big day out the dam, we'd all en masse return back a couple of kilometres yep. or however far it was to Oyen. And another thing that was really huge was um, billy carts.
2: Like okay. everyone was
1: making billy carts. And then we what? had in Oyen, and I'm not sure if you know this and some people are surprised, mm-hmm. but it's, it is what it is, but in Oyen there's a hill called Ticklebelly Hill and there's all also right. an area of that hill called Fairydale.
0: Mm, so but, I don't know it. But, yeah, yeah, so
1: I don't know where I got the name Tickle Belly. Every time I mention it, I, which it's, I don't very often, I think I must find out why it's called that. It. But we would go up Ticklebelly Hill with our um, billy carts yep. and go screaming down. There was often, you know, kind of dramas at kind of the bottom inch. of the hill and and what? we had a family reunion um in 2003, I think, where mm. all cousins came back and we did amazing things, went to every house everybody yeah. lived in and all the farms. And But um, people um, built billy carts to bring back. Oh, that's cool. And so here oh, we wow. were as adults, you know, putting yeah. our kids through the billy carts. How fun. Yeah, it was.
0: That's, yeah, and it comes back, that's that idyllic thing again, isn't it? That mm. Um, mm. And Owen does have that, I don't know, and I know for myself, having been a... We're fourth, I'm fourth generation Mildurian. And mm. but the Oyen thing has always been I don't know, I've, I've had some weird connection that
2: yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just
0: not sure, don't know why. <clears throat> um, it, it pretty much everyone I've ever met from Oyen has been a great person, so maybe it's that country thing, I guess. Yeah, I don't know.
1: It's a really, um, as I say, it was a great place to grow up in, mm. and um, yeah, just felt safe and. You know, stimulated and outdoorsy yeah. and healthy.
2: Yeah, mm. that's
0: that's awesome. Um, and the back end, I guess, of the the growing up in that era is the, you know, what? what how do you think things have changed now? And we sort of touched on it about that, the the IT thing and the device thing. But you know, if if you were to teleport back to yourself, back to a, you know, an eighteen year old young lady in Oyun, mm-hmm. um, but now, how how would you sort of deal with Oyen? do you think, now?
1: Oh. oh, look, even though I say it was idyllic and, um, you know, like a, a really good time for me, mm. um, you know, it wasn't necessarily for other people. Mm. And so one of the things that I think um, now is we talk about things more. You know, there yeah. was, you know, particularly being a very conservative town and I um, belong to the Catholic, um, you know, group, mm-hmm. went to Catholic schools, went to church. You know, we were yep. the kind of people who had the priest over for dinner on a mm-hmm. Sunday and the nuns at the house. And um, when we got sick, you know, we would have holy cards. and, and um, Yeah. But, you know, like I like how we talk about things now. Like we had a pedophile priest in Oryan, wow. you know, who wow. impacted on, you know, a number of my cousins mm. in wow. terrible, um, even terminal ways. Yeah. And But it was never spoken about. And I know the same thing happened in Mildura it and did. in many, many country yeah. towns. But um, these men, their evil was perpetuated by people being afraid of, you know, the police and the priests and, yeah. you know, that power that was imbued yeah, exactly. to these people. And so uh, I like now that we, I think we have a revolution about talking about things Like, you know, when people are misbehaving badly, Mm. um, when people are, um, you know, doing the wrong thing, but also talking about things like imagine if I, um, you know, was gay, you know, when I was 15, 16 or, you know. How would that
0: have gone down? How would
1: that have gone down? Yeah, Yeah. no, well, not very well at all. No, No. And so I know people my age who are gay and you know when we talk about you know them growing up in towns like that you Mm. know it's um (laughs) you know it's pretty brutal
0: yeah it's it is a sad thought isn't it I mean Mm. I you know um how my kids at the age they are mid-teens they're just so just accepting it's it's not even a thing (laughs) like it's just oh
1: it's wonderful people are people yeah and, you know, similarly, um, when I was growing up, in know, mm. um, you know, I was called a tomboy and I had aunties who were like, why are you got your hair short and, you know, yeah. why won't, you know, and I didn't want to wear dresses and things. And so yeah. now that people talk about gender fluidity, yeah. like I made a speech on Ida Hobbit Day recently and I, mm. I thanked all the young people for talking about this. Yes. Because, you know, I was saying if um, – if Perth was a bloke and Sydney was a woman, you know, I reckon I'm in Port Pirie or Wyala yeah. today. And that's just today. But, you yeah. know, like, I love that not being like caught up in mm. you are absolutely at one spectrum of the female or male, that yes. it's quite fluid in between there. But, you know, that was never anything spoken no. about. No. I mean, you
0: just, it's a, you're a human. We are human beings, mm. aren't we? Mm. And exactly. that label thing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, I know historically it's been important to lots of people, but that would, I love the fact that, you know, and it comes back to sort of the, the current kids. They just, I don't want to say they do what they want, but they, you uh, know, in, in a negative way, they've, they just go with the flow, really, don't they? Mm. And they, they, it's That's hard for accepting. some of them. No. I'm sure it is. Um, but a good item for being brave enough to just say, hey, this is me. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And yeah, look, I guess having, it, back in when you were, you know, 14, 15 at that, that age, that probably wouldn't have been too accepted, I guess, In you know. In, well, not in Mildura either, though. Oh, you know, yeah. We, yeah. You know, my yeah, family would have probably like yours gone, what that, happened. Oh, yeah, just yeah, like no
1: context around it and no understanding. No. and So gradually the conversations have been happening around all sorts of things yes. that in the past were hidden, unspoken about. So the people, a lot of people suffered.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the mid-teens, so you headed off to boarding school in Ballarat mm-hmm. um, at fifteen. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. yep. Um, when I was sort of read that, uh, I had this uh, immediate thought of: um, Was it like we what we see in the movies um, with strict, militant headmasters and scary nuns? <laughs> is that what school was like for you?
1: Oh gosh, um, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. But, yes, there were some scary people, but there were some scary nuns that I, in, you know, Catholic school too. Yes. Um, and some amazing, you know, women who um, really had a huge impact on my life. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just like the real world. But, yep. no, we didn't have it. It wasn't like, um, you know, what we see in some of those movies, like I was watching The Crown and poor little Prince Charles who had to go to that terrible school yeah. in Scotland. I know. And, you know, like. I see runs and no, 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 none of that, none of that. Um, So, uh, growing up in Oyen, yeah, and Mm. then I got to, um, at about eight, I got um, diagnosed with a pretty serious disease Mm. and I. Had to go into St Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne for months, and um, wow. and then when I came out, I had calipers mm. on my legs, and it was a right. disease called Perthes disease of the hip, and it's sort mm. of a a bone deformity. Okay, and um, so I became quite withdrawn because you know if you don't play sport, you know in little country yeah. towns,
2: <laughs> I you're not actually
1: on the inner circle. Yes, and um, so. My dad was amazing and he went off to some um, conference in Melbourne about Ford motor cars. Yeah. And my understanding is he asked a guy, an American guy, you know, my daughter can't walk and she's in calipers, she can't play sport, what are we going to do with her? And the guy said, come with me and took him to that music store in Burke Street. Is it Brushes or Ellen's or Uh, whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. And my dad came home (laughs) with a Yamaha guitar. Wow. A Bob Dylan songbook <laughs> and a, f- a poster of Bob Dylan, Ravi Shankar, and George Harrison at the concert for Bangladesh. Wow. And so here I am like 12, 13 <laughs> years old and like who the hell is Bob Dylan and all these yeah. people and wow. there was a, a, quite a lack of music teachers in you know, Oregon. so yep. they would drive me to Muldura to music lessons. Wow. They were amazing. So music became my thing and Excellent. reading yep. and writing songs and writing little theatre shows that I'd get all my cousins <laughs> to act in and, you know, I was the director and, and um, yep. we had a group called The Singing Cousins and we still get together every now again okay. on special occasions, most recently at my yep. mother's 90th birthday. Wow. And um, so by the time I got to 13, 14 and I was at St. Joseph's School,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I was quite academic because I'd spent all that time like, you know, I could reading. be out playing, yeah. lots of reading. Yeah. So I won a scholarship to okay. boarding school. And then um, I think the, the school kind of helped too because they – Saw that you know I had this talent in the area of literature yep. and music and creatives, and so um, th- I think there was some support for the church for me to go as well. And so I got there, and like, so this is my first day, Corey. Yeah, there's this girl in the class, and she is um, this big, big girl. And mm. um, I think she had some learning difficulties, and the teacher went out and There were people being mean to this girl called Maureen. Wow. And I just went, hey, cut that out. And just then the teacher came back in and we'd been told to sit silently and read. And I got sent out of the room for talking. For standing up for somebody. And so I got sent out and (laughs) two other girls um, had responded as well and they got sent out. And she goes, why were you talking? And I went, well, you know this this is what happened and you know like i don't think it's fair that you know you've sent me out for that mm. and, and she said from the minute i saw you i thought there's a girl who'll stand up for what she believes in <laughs> awesome. now i was 14 15 and, and a teacher saying that to me mm. you know i'd never heard anyone kind of put that kind of positivity about what was perceived as bad behavior wow but i you know i thought it was unfair so it really was a defining moment for me And then she was my literature teacher. Yeah. So she taught us, like, Shakespearean sonnets that I can still recite to you to this day. You know, anything she wanted, you know. so So She was was an inspirational
0: woman to you, obviously. Absolutely.
1: Um, So we had, you know, I had great music teachers. Yeah. And the school at the time was also... Uh, My understanding is a lot of um, private boarding schools are places for different sectors to send their children. Mm -hmm. So this school Mm. was um, a place where overseas ambassadors sent their kids. So we had, you know, girls who, you know, would go home to school holidays to Kuala Lumpur and Singapore and – you know the various parts of Asia, yeah, and so they would come back with all these exotic tales of you know where back they lived and cool gifts and stuff. And cool were they were they good and, with that? Yeah, they're pretty good with that. Yeah, and um, so for me, after you know not being able to really engage in mm. the social life of uh, in, in that time period, mm-hmm. to go to boarding school and be surrounded by these amazing teachers and really yeah. interesting um, you know other girls. Yeah, Yeah. it was great.
0: So in a way, and a bit of a theme for this podcast is sort of, you know, I guess experiencing or facing adversity, but then often the adversity creates the opportunity. uh, Absolutely. um, Yeah. So it, you know, just that little segment of your life encapsulates, encapsulates. Yeah. The, where my mind is is with this podcast.
1: Well, um, and, and this exactly fits into it because I believe that me getting that um, bone disease is one of the best things that ever happened to me.
2: Yeah, isn't that? You know,
1: because of the opportunities that came out of that, mm. um, it really changed my life. From If yeah. I think about the sliding door concept, mm-hmm. what would have happened to the Oyun girl who that didn't happen to?
0: Yeah, would you be? still living in Ohio having played 9000 games of netball and
2: <laughs> and that's okay um, too and, and it is
0: absolutely it's okay it yeah. no I agree yeah. um, so what after high school what came after high school
2: what, where did
1: um so yeah so at boarding school and you know this the the teenage me the late teenage me all mm. I wanted to do was to You know, music Yeah I wanted to be You know, singing in bands And Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to write songs And perform So I went to um, For some reason (laughs) My marks were um, pretty good Yeah And I really wanted to Like study I I know I applied to RMIT For um, writing and publishing Mm -hmm. And you know, and parents from my own didn't think that was much of a career. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Journalism career and writing. Woman. And wow. and um and I just thought I'd do whatever I needed to do. I mean I I, I knew I was gonna do something tertiary, but mm-hmm. I was more interested in what I did when I wasn't at uni, like yeah, okay. the singing and the you, stuff like yep, that. Yep. And so um I my mother had um, had this desire to be a teacher, which was quite thwarted by her, um, various things that happened to her. Mm. And she went to the local member, I think it was, his name was Milton White. Yes. And protested wow. that I didn't get a studentship and I had the marks for it. And all of a sudden I had a studentship to go to college and be a wow. teacher. Wow, well done, Mum.
2: <laughs>
0: I know. There's a bit of lineage about standing up and fighting for your rights, though, isn't there, from your your story there, but back to your mum, obviously.
1: You know what? Um, My mother died recently. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. And um, when we were packing up her house, I found so many letters to council, like, you know, changing this, and how could you think about changing this street name, (laughs) and this road needs to be sealed, and I thought... Go, Mum. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, she resigned from a, a very high position in Oyen, you know, club, mm. over mm-hmm. what she saw as poor behaviours that weren't being addressed and yeah. the letters were there. And oh. that she actually slipped a piece of carbon paper between two pieces of paper to keep copies wow. of these important letters. I thought it was pretty interesting. That's pretty ingenious, isn't it? <laughs> I know. That's Yeah, so she was... Um, Yeah, she. both my parents had a really, really strong sense of right and wrong. Mm. And I was thinking when I was driving here before about, you know, my dad and his sense of integrity. He died a long time ago, but Mm. in the weeks before he died, I said to him, do you have any regrets? And he cried and he said, the only regret I have is when I was selling cars, which must have been the 70s, a man brought in his son – Um, to buy a new car because the son was turning 18 and the son wanted the V8 with power steering and my dad said, you should not give an 18-year-old V8 with power steering. Mm. And the father went, oh, please, Dad. Okay. And my dad... um, Felt it was the wrong thing to do, but, you know, the, the man wanted it. He Customers tried to talk him right. out of it. Customers always are right. Mm. Well, what happened was two boys were driving home from uni mm. and they were going so fast, Mr. Turned turn so fast that the car was in the fork of a tree wow. and they both died. And both only sons of oh, Mali no. farmers yeah. shattered the lives of them. And here we are like... 40 years later, mm. my dad is weeping over because he... he did not walk away from the deal. Mm. You know, and I thought, what integrity. That's amazing. That's a
0: massive sense of morality, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Isn't it?
1: So I was brought up with that real sense of justice and, and then to get mm. to boarding school, here's a girl, stand up for what she yeah. believes in. It just kind of cemented that. So I, I studied teaching. Right. And, you know, so I studied music and drama teaching. Okay. And um, but at nights, you know, that's when <laughs> life started. And I was in—I yeah. showed you that picture of the reggae band, band. I was in, and I was in—I um, was an uh, extra on TV. All right. So I was in Cop Shop, Holiday Island, Skyways, wow. Return to Eden, oh, The Sullivans. I was a resistance fighter. Oh, were you? <laughs> yes.
0: Wow. <laughs> That and, was everybody's, um, whatever, was it Monday and Thursday or something? The Sullivans, whatever days <laughs> it day We always it was. sat down and watched the Sullivans. Yeah, and still, the yeah. music just plays in my ears when you mention.
1: There you go. Um, so, all through uni, I um, did TV work and yep. sang in bands and mm-hmm. performed in plays. And it was really what I wanted, but I just didn't have the um, self belief or the courage to just go, this is what I want. Mm. And so, oh. when you're on a <coughs> Pardon me for clearing my throat. You're right. I've got a bit of a chest infection it's at the moment. Okay.
2: It's okay.
1: Um so when I when you get a studentship to study teaching, mm. um, you are bound to the education department for the next four years, I think, almost right. two, four years.
0: So they so, does it mean and sorry to interrupt you, does that the studentship means effectively they they fund your education so yeah. long as you remain a teacher for a certain amount of exactly. time. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: And they can send you wherever they want. Ooh. So, Corey, here it is. I am carving out this fine life in theatre and yeah. film and Playing in reggae bands. And all of a sudden I get a letter going, you're going to Morabut. And I'm like, where the hell is <laughs> Morabut?
0: <laughs> Great markets. Well, they were.
1: So I... um right. I cried and cried, and you know, I had a boyfriend <laughs> in Melbourne, yeah. And um, so I went to Murrabit, but I and, loved it,
2: yeah. You know, I'm well? pretty
1: adaptable to everything I do, yeah. So I was in Murrabit and um, and then went into Kerrang, but I draw um, and a great principal, I remember, um, Stuart Robinson or Robertson, mm. he was awesome as a first principal, yeah, and um, and then. Yeah, that no, was great. And then I got a job driving the KD Mark Van, which is Kerrangian District Mobile Area Resource Centre. And it was this truck. Remember yeah. Life Be In It with mm-hmm. the little chubby guy on Norm. the side? Norm? Yep. Norm was painted on the side with an <laughs> yeah. armful of books. And yeah, yeah. Wow. So I would pull up in one and two teachers' schools yeah. and open the doors, roll out the roof to match the doors, drop down the stairs, yeah. and inside was shelves of books and... Um, Musical instruments, and so and the teachers loved having the truck arrive because it was Mm. time off for them. And I would work with the kids, and I would choose a book to work with um, for all the schools. I saw every school um, once a fortnight. Okay. And I remember, you know, we did the um, an amazing poem by Hughes Ted Hughes, Mm. the Iron Man. And we made these massive iron men's out of, you know, like cardboard that hung in the school. Yep. Kids would love lawyers and so mm. we would make things, we would write music, we would read books, we would take photographs and yep. yeah, so it was a fun job.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it gets you out and about, you're not sort of stuck in one, one little school. classroom with a yep. a handful of kids. Yeah. Um right, so you know, I throw these enormous questions in here. No, it's not really that enormous, but uh, there's a question that I put, we'll put in all of these podcasts and it's, when did you realise there was more to life?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think there were various there moments. Moment? Various moments. Mm. Um Yeah, I'd say there were various moments, like that teacher saying those things to me. Um mm. You know, there was a situation when I was um, exposed to drugs during that music era mm-hmm. and I did try something one night mm. and then found myself on stage with Todd, Mark, Hunter and Dragon singing April Sun in Cuba <laughs> and then driving home going... Because I was pretty shy. Yeah. And I was okay. like, oh, my God, I know what to do. I just have a little bit of that before. And it's okay. like, hold on a minute, girlfriend. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Never, <laughs> yeah, okay. ever,
1: ever again. If you're going to make it, you'll make it, you know, like. Y-
0: yourself. Yourself. Yeah." Yep.
1: And so that was a defining moment. But I think um, probably one of the most defining moments that really woke me up to what it means to be an Australian and what it means to be an activist was mm. um it was probably about 1983 or four, and my son was two, and mm-hmm. he stayed with friends, mm. and um, I was in a relationship with um, an, an amazing man who is a descendant of Japanese pearl divers and traditional owners around Broome, around the right. Pilbara area, and so I went up to see him, mm. and um, and he was working in. Um, in one of the lands councils mm. and we took a trip out to Kagadu and we stayed with um, the traditional owners and this yep. man called Bill Nige mm. and stay, stayed out there for about a week. And the stories that he told me – and we arrived a week after um, Bob Hawke had been out there and declared it World Heritage yes. because of the mining and what they'd found in that yep. place. Mm. And, um and so just spending a week out there to get a real insight into you know just things like there was such judgment about the way aboriginal people lived but then to see that somebody had built a better brick house with a tiny little window to mm. live in mm. and you know no kind of consultation with the community of what should the building look like yeah. or, or no even thinking about the environment there and you need breezeways and For sure. open areas um, but more than that, it was the places that Bill and his cousin Felix took me to or took mm. us to. Um, you know, for instance, one thing that was really powerful was one day they went off um, to show um, my friend Freddie mm. um, this site where Bill's father was buried and I wasn't allowed to go. Yeah. And it was a cave, so mm-hmm. it was dark and cool mm. and... and, and um, uh, yeah, so they went over there. Mm. I think he died recently. Mm. And um, and so I was told to wait in the troopy. Right. And it was so hot and humid. Yeah. And I saw <laughs> no this doubt. overhanging rock about 50 meters away. And I thought, I'll just go over and sit under the shade of this rock. And the grass, the sand there looks a bit cool. Yeah. And I'd been warned not to go near the water because of the crocodiles. and okay. So I walked out and I was just about to turn around and sit down and lean back against the rock and there yep. was this like blood-curdling scream from the old man right. who ran like the wind, no, girly. And um, and then he explained that if you touch that rock, mm. evil will come out and it will take your goodness and replace it with the evil and you wow. will go out and you will be sick. but. It was bringing together in a biblical kind of way yeah. that here you have this traditional old, old story. Mm. But when I got home and did some research about why it's declared um, world heritage and, and, you know, about the Pico Walsh and mm. um, Mining Company, those rocks were full of uranium. Oh. So if they ever went to those rocks and scratched on them or whatever, get, they would get sick. Yeah. So it That's you know it was and it, it? just That's blew my mind um, mm. to have this experience that was about, you know, like just the contemporary impact of colonization on people, but also the richness of the stories and yep. the connection to country. And it really led me to a lifetime of um, you know, really endeavoring to be well, you know, physically, mm. spiritually and mm. mentally, looking after those three aspects of my health. Mm. And importantly, everybody else's health in those areas is just as important as mine.
0: Yeah. that Yeah. And look, that's um, – if you look after those three things and then the people around you, mm. life's pretty simple and pretty good really, isn't it? Like
2: mm. I
0: think um, we probably get overcomplicated with things as humans nowadays, but
2: mm. that's mm. – yeah,
0: I'm trying to – fight that myself and go backwards but it's not that easy mm. and here we are sitting using technology like so I'm kind of you know I'm, I'm off track there I've got to <laughs> I'm just yeah I'm chasing a dream to go to Nepal but I'll we'll talk about that I'd another love to time talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah um your life's greatest memory if 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 you could pick one of those maybe two but <laughs> you've got a couple of kids, is that right?
1: Yeah, and, you know, so like you I'm just going to say absolutely <clears throat> the greatest memories I have are around family. Yes. And, of yeah. course, the birth of my two children. Mm-hmm. And when I was pregnant with both of them, I would do a lot of, like, meditation and rubbing things on the belly. Yeah. And <laughs> even at times I'd have a microphone on there with headphones to listen, yeah. you know, yeah. and record you
0: stuff. Hear stuff? Shh. Oh, yeah. dun, 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 and the heartbeat, and yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And now, so, but the main thing that I really wished when I was pregnant that, and I projected that I wanted to grow, you know, human beings who in 25 years' time. Mm. I would, regardless of them being related to me, I would want them in my life because they yeah. are really fine human beings. And I even took that little projection of further, they would be the type of people who'd ring me up and say, oh, my God, you've got to see this film or you've got to go see this concert or you've got to read this book. Yeah, <laughs> and cool. they are. Yep. Like my kids have been. you know, we've been to Woodford and mm. Big Day Out and and they're and, – we just—they're just the best kids, you know. they awesome. They're just I just adore them, and they do the work, and yeah. you know, my son is just such a good father. Yep. Um,
0: and that's and not always easy to be the good father. I know. Having, uh, uh, yeah, being one—not <laughs> a good one always. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's um, and oh, look, it's I'm sure it goes the same for mother. It's just from my perspective as yeah. a father, it's. Sometimes you you are shit. Um, it's just you have times. I think it's don't important you. just
1: to say today I was shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, today. <laughs> don't be shit, that invincible, pedestal-based, you know, yeah.
0: parent. Oh. I know. I know, Yeah, my son. I know. We we're we're nearly the same human being in two different bodies. To be honest, like um. I keep seeing things he does, and you know, if he tries to do the old oh, I'm sick today, I'm like, mate, I've already done everything. Right? <laughs> I, I, we had this conversation. I said, mate. All the things you think, you know, I'm not saying um, you are me, but everything, lots of things you're thinking and doing, I did the same and I understand your plan. So just don't bullshit me. <laughs> Say, I don't want to go to school today, Dad. I cannot be bothered or I want to do this or that. And be we'll talk up. about that. Yeah, and yeah. And that, you know, um, mm. yeah, so I'm – where you're trying to raise kids a bit the same, just the, the one that are good people.
1: I yeah, really good people. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, and another um, reason it blows me away or, you know, that I'm so pleased he's such a great dad is that, um, you know, his dad wasn't a great dad. Okay. So, you know, I've been in two profound relationships mm-hmm. and had two children from those relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, so my son didn't have a great experience with fathering and so I'm just so thrilled. And like, yeah. you know, last weekend... Mm. I get the Happy Father's Day message. <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. Well, A number
1: of my friends do too who raise their children pretty yeah. much alone.
0: Well, you you become... Everything. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's yeah. The, f- the full circle. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and the other, you know, the most memorable moment is the very other opposite end of the spectrum mm. is being with both my parents when they died. Mm-hmm. And so my sister and I, it's the most incredible experience to be there Mm. And to then, um, you know, like wash them and dress them, mm-hmm. and you know, put them in their clothes and tuck different things in their pockets. And yeah, wow. my sister's a nurse, so she knew the mechanics of you know yeah, tie this everything. up and wedge this. Yeah. And <laughs> and, um, and with my dad, you know, we. It was just beautiful and then Mm. he died late at night so the next morning, you know, we got on the phone and did the old family phone tree and people started Mm. to come and, would you like to sit with dad? Yeah. So we had tea and and slices in the morning and then as soon as it hit midday, we introduced the sherry and, you know, do you want to sit with dad? And then mum was only a couple of months ago Mm. and the same. My sister and I prepared her Mm. and did her makeup and did her hair and... And a it's a really profound experience to honour that parent or anyone, yep. anyone. And it helps with the whole notion of they're gone. Yes. To actually be involved in preparing. This is the last stage mm. of the life sort
0: of mm. thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, that is a – I've not heard of anyone having the opportunity to do that before. I'm sure it happens often. Mm. I just mm. I haven't had too much of that around me, but, mm. um, yeah, that's – that's a that's a pretty cool thing to be part of, I Well, reckon. the
1: first one was my dad was kind of accidental because we mm. didn't want to call anyone at 11.30 at night.
0: No. And my sister,
1: yes. being a nurse, had experience in this area. Mm. And also one of the jobs that I've done in my previous life, and yep. I've had many, many jobs, yeah. was composer in residence at uh-huh. the Royal Children's Hospital in Brisbane. Right. So I was working with terminally and critically ill children. Yep. Um, composing new works, and it was an incredible job because children seemed to be much more prepared to articulate how they felt Mm. through the lyrics of song rather than how you're feeling, honey. And so I worked with a a lot of um, kids. But over those two years, um, I lost 42 kids I'd worked with. Wow. So I had a lot of ex- – yeah, it was awful. That's, that's, awful. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't sing for years afterwards because my job was to go in and sing and, and compose. entertain. And, and I'd and try to sing and my throat would ah.
0: – uh, Close up, yeah. Yeah. Entertain.
1: But, you know, I so between the two of us, we had a lot of experience mm. and, you know, like a um, a deceased body didn't scare us. Okay. So we were – and yep. with my mum, like she was in Oasis Age Care, who big plug for them, were amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we just said, we're fine, you can go. Are you sure you're okay? Yes, yes, you can We know come. what we're doing. We've done this before. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, just moving into a little different direction, um, can you tell us about your business, about mm-hmm. owning your own events company? Mm-hmm. Um, that must have been pretty amazing. And I'll just <laughs> say that I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be at the Sandhills at Sandhills ah. Paul Kelly and, um, yeah, so the, the – that was an awesome night, but I'll let yeah. you talk about, yeah, just your life in business and.
1: Mm, and- mm. Well, um,. You know, various things. Like, as I said before, I started my career as a teacher mm-hmm. and teaching in me didn't quite gel. Like, you yeah. know, I was the last one to school sometimes and the <laughs> principal be waiting for me. Huh. I just, yeah, As I said, you know, I had this career in arts and music yeah. going on at night mm-hmm. so I was often late for school, which is not a good look for the teacher. <laughs>
2: no, so
1: right. I didn't last very long as a teacher but it, it um, held me in good stead through the rest of my career because mm. I maintained my registration. Okay. So when I was working on establishing a business, you know, I could, Teach. Okay. So yeah. um, in Sydney, um, with my husband, um, my daughter's father, mm-hmm. um, we had a um, graphic design business.
2: Right. And okay. then
1: he was unwell, and mm. um, my dad had just had a stroke in you know, and My kids really didn't know what it was like to have dozens of cousins. Yeah. So we thought, why not go out to Muldura so we can okay. be near all his family? Um, my husband can sort of get away to somewhere maybe a bit, you know. Feel a bit healthier, Mm. and um, and then so we came here twenty five years ago. Wow! And we translate, and it was just at the beginning of the technology revolution. So you know, I bought my mobile phone, which you need a special bag for because it was (laughs) a brick with a big antenna. (laughs) My dad had one of those, and um, and so we bought clients from Sydney, which was really scary. But, um, you know, and this is the era when you only had inkjet printing and to print an A3 coloured piece, you know, sheet, I could hang out a load of washing.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: like it was so slow and the (laughs) internet was so slow. The (laughs) dial-up. I know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that noise.
1: And... um, so we tried to run the business with uh, a number of Sydney clients when we got here, but gradually mm. um, I came up with this. We called the business Dingo Advertising. Yeah. And um, okay, your cool. mum ex- actually was amongst some of our first clients when right. she worked with Robin Murdoch yeah. in the software company.
0: I was overseas at yeah. that point, but yes, I yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And um, so I, we, our business was called Dingo Advertising. Yeah. And so we got a local baker, um, Coward's Cakes, to mm-hmm. make Dingo cookies. Right. And then we wrapped them in gingham, tied a red ribbon to them, and yep. I delivered them to about, I don't know, 50, 60 businesses around Mildura, the Grand Hotel, James yep. Grant, all over town, saying, hi, when you're in town, with the business card attached to it. Nice. And, cool. And, you know, we're doing advertising and um, graphic design. And so, we, yep. you know, we built the business up there. And then my husband um, just wasn't well, and he mm. returned to Croatia, where right. he was from. and. It was a very sad time for all of us, but, mm. you know, the best thing to happen mm-hmm. in retrospect. And so um, then I evolved. There was this um, amazing woman, Carol. Oh, Sorry, Carol, I've forgotten your last <laughs> name. But Carol was head of tourism in Moldura. Right. And she asked me to run the first ever Moldura tour um, Tourism, and, tourism Awards. Okay. So I did like a, an Academy Awards. I had the red carpet and uh-huh. my daughter's friends were the autograph hunters and my son's yep. friends were the paparazzi. And nice. It so was, what year? When, when are we talking uh, here? That would have been like, 1990 – no, 2000.
2: Okay, yep. 2000. Uh-huh. Maybe
1: 2001. Yep. And so that um, got me into the event management business. Right. And, you know, I never – Grew up thinking, I want to be an event manager, but yeah, it, found, you. <laughs> it found me. <laughs> and so I did that event and I found, you know, I I was pretty good at it. Not because everything went seamlessly. In fact, mm. there were some terrible things that happened. But I found mm. I could just roll with it and then make the, you know, the best of a bad situation when yep. things went wrong. And um, so then, you know, as you know, you mentioned Perry Sandhill. So then mm-hmm. I started managing the Muldura Writers Festival. Then Muldura went with Arts Festival. Yep. And the Australian Alternative Varieties Wine Show and various conferences and other events mm. around town. And then we broadened out over the next 15 years to a national company. And Wow. So by 2013, 14, we were delivering – well, in 2013 alone, we delivered 80 events.
0: That's huge. And
1: 40 of them were in Canberra. <laughs> wow.
0: So you were – it, it was literally huge. was. You were natural. Yeah. N- national. It was, in 11, 12,
1: and 13, we did yeah. events in Magnetic Island, Darwin, Broken mm. Hill, Adelaide, Sydney, um, Canberra, and all through Muldura. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really, really busy time. And then I guess there's just that other profound moment when I, um, in 24, um, 13, I was jumped on a plane mm. and I reckon I flew in Adam of about 20, 25 times a year in 2011, 2012. And so I jumped on a plane and, as usual, I sort of pulled out the piece of paper that the staff had prepared for me. Oh, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm yeah. doing. And <laughs> nice. I was up in the Pilbara and I mm. was taken to the Barrett Peninsula and in this incredible rock up up there. But it's surrounded by intense industry, mm. like the gas huge oh, yeah, steel yeah. pipes with mm-hmm. flames popping out. And mm. um, so I'm walking with the elders through the um, the Burrup Peninsula stonework artwork and it just, I felt so calm and it was mm. just really a, a, a magical feeling. Connection. And then that night I go to sleep, I forgot to phone my, plug my phone in, it's flat, I wake up, I'm like, where the hell am I? So I find the phone, I can't yeah. find the light switches. Wow. And, and I dial one and I say, I'm so sorry, where am I? <laughs> Point Samson, love. <laughs> and so I, I went outside and I found the light switch and plugged mm. the phone in and I sat on the beach and I could see on the horizon so many lights, just all the whole horizon was just lights. Mm. And then I had been told that um, they were all the boats queuing to get into the Port Headland jetty to pick up the iron ore. Yes. And then I turned around behind me, and there was the, the, rock, the rocky outcrop of the mm. Barrett Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and the sun was coming up behind it. Wow. And I thought, I felt so peaceful there yeah. yesterday afternoon and then look back to the water. And that's what my life is like, 24-7, lining up to do the next Something job. Something's always on the go. And so that's well. when I decided I had things I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I would close the business down in a year. So right. I just lined it up with all my clients and found my staff jobs and within yep. a year. I'd
0: that was it? Just, yep. Yeah, that's – isn't it amazing? Here? And, you know, this is about you, not me, but I, I've found I've just kept – Connecting into different industries and things. And it's just, it's just, it is a journey for sure, I Mm, think, in life. And, mm. you know, so long as you're willing to accept the road you're going to travel on, um, Mm. instead of going, oh, no, I don't like the look of that street. I'm not driving down there. Mm -hmm, I
2: don't know what to say.
0: And that, it sounds like you have just followed. Where things have taken you, um, yeah,
2: absolutely. You've obviously yeah. got
0: um, a, a pretty intense desire to do things very well. Like mm-hmm. just from knowing you and seeing things you've done, as I, I mentioned the Paul Kelly
2: mm. thing,
0: and um, you know that was that was a some special. They're event amazing, there. weren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. It was one of those, uh, yeah, moments. Mm. Um, that I'll, I'll never forget it. Um.
1: The lineup we had out at Perry Sandhills, Hills, like Archie Roach, Ruby Hunter, yeah, and um, Kate Sobrano. It didn't even matter really who was performing; it was just a it's magical, just sight. an amazing
0: place to be and yeah. listen to awesome music. Mm. Um, so, on that topic, the, the music topic, um, you've obviously worked with and, and met lots of, you know, I don't like the word famous but musicians. Just mm. uh, who's Who surprised you the most of people that you met, so musically or artistic? (laughs) Did somebody just go, throw some weird things that you just never would have thought?
1: You know, I thought a lot about this question that you asked and I don't know, there's no, I guess um, I was thinking in 2013 when I did the, um, we were working on the Centenary Canberra. I produced a national program for that. Mm. And one of the acts that we booked was Gurumal. Oh, I And love it. Um, so he was being delivered backstage. And then I just looked at one of my staff members and I thought, no, she has done all the logistical work for this. Mm. I'm just going to step back and let her, you mm. know, come in and escort him to the green room. Yeah. And so I went over to the car and I said, come on, to this girl. But I got near to Gurumala and shook his hand and, Mm. you know, said, thank you, it's wonderful you're here, and -and so-and-so is going to look after you, Jess. Mm. And I just felt I was in the presence of something really, like this man had such, I don't know, he was outside of the whole hype of music. Mm. He you wouldn't even say a sense of self or anything like that. He was just a solid energy. Like, you know, he didn't really care about anything else but the music. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, he was very connected to his friend who travelled everywhere with him. But, Mm. you know, there was just, it was like I was in the presence of some magical human. great. Yeah.
0: When you're telling me that I've literally, my body is like, I've got goose people on my legs and arms. Yeah, I feel some... Something about that man as well. Never met him, never, but you are telling me, and honestly, it's like someone's putting little shocks through my body. I am going, wow, this is.
2: I don't know what it's something
0: amazing about the man. He was uh, just, you know, and as a a really bad guitarist myself, I look at how is it possible that he can play upside down or upside down, isn't it? He plays everything in reverse Mm. Mm. and just and have that amazing voice and that. Mm. He's mm. Yeah, um, yeah, wow. That's he
2: was.
0: Thanks for mentioning him because <laughs> that yeah. Happy to give you goosebumps. Oh, yeah, he <laughs> really did. That's that, and that's an that's an awesome answer. And I for sure wasn't expecting. Not that I knew what you were going to say. Obviously, yeah, but yeah, I wasn't wasn't thinking someone of, like that. Um, new topic here. Um, mm-hmm. As we jump through. Um, Is life in politics what you expected it to be?
1: Uh, Well, you know, I think politics, no matter what people think or say, we are all embroiled in politics, you know, from paying our taxes to, you know, taxes on tampons or um, or GST. um, You know, politics influences us all it does. in every way and every day. But I think you mean
0: more about a yourself political career. The, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, um, yourself in local politics, so in, in relevance to Mildura Royal <laughs> City Council, mm. um, you, you know, the that Milduria, Mildurians are by nature often pretty unforgiving, hardcore people, I think. I just mm. I try not to look at the social media stuff, but obviously yeah. um, with, you know, Jake, he... he um, our mutual friend being in that sort of public space and just looking at what things people were saying about my thirty-something year friend. Friend, I'm mm. like, how can you say things like that about someone that puts themselves out there? So that's probably what I'm referring to about yourself. How yeah. Did you?
1: Um, look, I kn- when um, so I ran in 2010 mm-hmm. federally. Yep. And 2016, federally. Yes. For the Greens. Yep. And then I um, really changed my mind about being aligned to a political party. Mm. Um, but again in 16, ran with the Greens. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I changed my mind after that. But, um I don't think local government is a place for political parties. but mm. And, you know, probably it was quite new to Mildura to have somebody evidently running for a party. Mm. And I think it decreased my chances because we are quite a conservative community as well. Yep. We but are. I didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And I think I was like 12th or 13th or something out of mm. nine. Mm. And then um, I... Um, so... I was doing my master's. I did my master's in Rock. cultural leadership in okay. seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, 18, yep. 19. And so in 19, I was in India working as part of my master's mm. with a foundation who works with street kids in New Delhi. Mm-hmm. And it was <laughs> incredible. Wow. You know, even incredible. Do you know that like the population density for Moldura is seven people per square kilometer? Mm. In Delhi, it's 29,000. <laughs> I know. Wow. And there are a million <laughs> street kids
0: yeah uh, yeah. so this foundation
1: worked with them mm. and so you know that was eye-opening and mm. um met some really special people and yep. then I went on to work because the same um man who owns that found, or runs that foundation also owns a company mm-hmm. um, that runs the Paul Literary Festival so uh-huh. I worked on that for two weeks okay. as well so it was you know a really wonderful experience.
0: Balanced, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so journey. I'm over
1: there when I get yeah. the phone call saying, "Um, there's been a countback for yeah. because Ali Kappa got elected to state government, mm-hmm. and so she resigned from being a councillor. Yes. And then the countback was in February 19. Mm-hmm. I got the phone call saying, "Um, you're the next one. Right, you're in. You're in. Yeah. And you've got 24 hours to say yes or no. So wow. I immediately rang a couple of friends who are in local government, and I mm. said. I really don't know if I'm thick-skinned enough for this. Like I might appear, you know, really confident and Mm. extroverted, but I'm actually quite a sensitive person, Mm. a little bit shy, and um, I really have to work hard to put myself out there. And I can do it. I do it fine, but I need the downtime afterwards as well.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And
1: so – and then this friend said, um, absolutely, you know, you you just think about – why you want to do it, like Mm. what other projects you'd like to see done and go for it. And I thought, well, there are some things I want to do. I Mm. really want – I was really – Dismayed that we haven't moved out of the top five in family violence in years and years and years, yeah. despite millions of dollars coming into the region. So I felt, mm-hmm. well, there's something I can focus some yep. attention on, particularly when the research proves that gender inequality drives family violence. Yes. So happy to sort of um, you know do some work in that area, and happy with you know what we've achieved to date, mm, mm. and. And I thought also about you know arts and culture in our region that there's a lot of silos and let's get yeah. the whole thing you know working together. Look at group. the arts centre yeah. and you know how mm. how are we standing up as an arts and cultural community? Yeah. And and in that regard, it's great you know that Stefano got um, yeah. voted in 2020 because you know the two of us are doing some really good work in that mm-hmm. space. And, um, and, you know, just thinking about civic pride and beautification of our city, so I'm on the CBD task force yeah. and different things like that. So um, I went, yep, I'll do it.
0: Let's go. Yeah, cool. But,
1: you know, that thick skin thought I had, mm. I didn't realise how much you'd need it because I'm just blown away by, um, you know, how people who don't know me at all or mm. don't know the circumstances Behind a situation can have such strong
2: I know. and
1: unkind opinions about them. Yep. And I get um, you know, people can generate anonymous emails now. I ah. get the most foul really? emails. Like foul. And wow. sometimes they're handwritten letters. Um, That's frightening. Isn't and then, it? you know, yeah, the judgment on social media, mm. um, so, yeah, I try not to do too much on social media now. Mm. I think we really, as a society, need to really look at um, some sort of responsibility to each other. I agree. When it comes yeah. to um, social media because I think we've become a society that's talking all about rights and we need to talk a little bit more about responsibility yes, to each a great other. Yes, that's point. And, you know, like accountability for your behaviours. Mm. and um, But... That said, mm. um, I also, I think you had a question there, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Yeah, and the yeah. answer is nobody's opinion is worth more than your own yeah. or the people who love you. Yep. So that's what I keep saying um, to myself when these hurtful things happen. Mm. And also I think about that um, there's some um, president of America made that fabulous quote about those in the arena.
2: Mm. You
1: know, so I think, well, I'm in the arena yeah. I'm in there doing the work. You are, yeah. And and you know, a lot of these people who have big opinions and can be unkind are not. And so, um, and so, I just kind of try to sort of push that to the side because I love the work.
2: Yeah, I and love
1: the work. You know, like last night I opened up the um, the Riverfront Art Group.
0: Oh yeah. And awesome. so,
1: and you know, I will not go into a group you know, oh, ho-hum, I've got to do this again, you know, da-da-da. Mm. I do the research yep. and, you know, about who they are. I come an hour early, yep. to, you know, to have a look at things and to meet the key people. Mm. And, um, you know, last night I reckon I hugged every artist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just, you know, it was just beautiful and, and I heard yeah. these amazing stories about community connection. And, yeah. and the other thing, like I love meeting all these people I would never get the opportunity to meet I have like yep. going to the footy grand final in a minute, Correct. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna
2: get going. And um, um,
1: but the other thing is, you know, people ring me up, like just say it might be the dog park. Mm. Oh, there's a problem with big dogs coming in the small dog section, da da da. And um, you know, the the thing is you ring the officer or yeah. you you contact um, the officer. But I can contact the head honcho and go, what's going on here? Yeah. What can we do about this?
0: Instead of and then bit. get
1: back to the person and yep. go, you know what, I think you're right. We, You know, we do need to address this much mm. further and here's some of the things that are going to happen, you know, to make sure it, um, there's a bit of a change down there. Yeah. So I love that being the interface between the public and the council, mm. you know, like the whole network of the council machinery. So I yeah. do enjoy it very much. And we've got some great councillors this time. There's a really, <coughs> really interesting...
0: Bunch of people mm, there, yeah, kn- knowing not all of them personally, but the mm. majority of them, mm. um, yeah. There's some, there's some fantastic people, and I think conversations I have with just you know people randomly are, they'll say, "Oh, council doesn't do this, and they don't do that," mm. but it's nine nine people, is it? Nine of you, nine. Nine councillors have put themselves in a position to better the town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're getting paid two million bucks a year to be on the local council here. You're you're doing it out of out of a desire to make something better. So the, yeah, that ne- negativity and then I said it on both chats I had with Jake. You know about kicking the negativity out of here. And
2: yeah. I,
0: I applaud you guys for what you do and and putting yourselves up there. I I, I couldn't do it because I'd get too shitty with people and want to tell them <laughs> what I read. I know. So, yeah, I
1: yeah, you're right, um people, but I think too, that we have a bit of a job too, because people don't really understand what being a counselor is, like mm. you get um twenty eight grand a year, mm. and, and every now and again, I will document my time, mm-hmm. and it's never under thirty hours. When it comes to the reading and, you know, now that COVID's over, back to going out to different functions and things, it's never, ever under 30 hours. And I run a business. And there's a a number of people. um, I think we have the highest ever incident of – People are own their own businesses on mm. council at the moment. Which does give you in some way the flexibility. But you know, mm. I'm burning the midnight oil to get my work done You're in still my own business. Earn, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't Twenty eight
0: grand's not gonna take you far. No, no, no. It's... And
1: then so we have our our jobs mm. and we we are people, as you say, mm. who have stepped up to want to make Mudura and the min- whole municipality a better place to be. It's yep. genuine. Yeah, yeah. So when you get that kind of like, you know, I'd love to meet some of these people and just sit down and say, ask me anything. Yeah,
2: but, put you it know, out there.
1: Um, you know, <laughs> I don't even know them. I mean, I know their names because they yeah. use their names. But I um, really, I'd rather listen to, you know, this beautiful woman I met last night who has found a place to be in Moldura where she can be an artist after some real losses in her mm. life and, and express this, council put down new lino for us because the floor was really bad. Wow. Or, you know, someone who comes back and says, thanks for what you did with this mm. issue. You know, it's much better now. Um, and, you know, just with in council now, like we have a fellow who is full-time working in looking at um, changing gendered attitudes in sport. Mm -hmm. And we've got now a full-time person working with looking at gender equality through the services we deliver. And, you know, that's particularly, especially to address, Mm. you know, family violence, gendered violence, domestic violence, and to get those stats down. Yep. So – I'm very proud of the work we do and it's not mm. easy. i mean, the mountain of reading we have to do. Obviously. I was just thinking the other day, I've got a whiteboard and I put that and you've got to read this policy and yeah. you've got to read this document and I have a list. Uh-huh. And some of them, you know, so when we have a council meeting, which we will in 10 days' time, mm. 12 days' time, Six days beforehand, we get the agenda. Sometimes it's like seven, eight hundred pages long.
0: Yeah. And you cannot
1: totally. go into it. I mean, I'm sure some people do sometimes because they just can't mm. do it because of what's going on in their lives. But I cannot go into a meeting without having read the whole thing. And I see counselors and the way they ask questions shows that they've really done the work.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's massive. Op- There's no, I. Yeah, I Probably maybe six, eight, maybe ten years ago, I had this thought, oh, should I put go in that direction? And I actually went on the council website and went yeah. to the calendar of all of the councillors. So back then it was Jill Joslin yeah, and yeah. I can't even remember who else, but Jilly I, because I know her. Yeah, she was great. And I just thought, no way.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I had a young family and there's no way I could fit all of that in plus my life. And um <laughs> Yeah, so I, as as I said, I applaud all of you, and you know, I think um, the fact that anyone can put their hand up to have a go. Yeah, and I did interject on social media to somebody because they were having a crack at Jake, is my mate, and said, "Mate, why don't you have a go?" And uh, he just gave me some ridiculous response, and I just felt like saying, "You know, your weakest piece, mate. Really, you stand there, <laughs> you, you type something on your iPhone." Nastily about somebody, yet you won't have a guy. So you
2: mm, your best you just.
1: Mm. But yeah. you just raised a really good point about you know you didn't stand and you mentioned like a family etc. I think we have to make it easier for um, counsellors to stand and mm. you know particularly um, to get the gender equality up because yes. we've never had parity in Australia no, ever. No, but no. you know so childcare. Mm. You know, we should you know, most council meetings are 5:30 to 8:30 or 9. That's dinner time.
0: It is. That's So, you,
1: you know, adjusting the times, mm. providing childcare. Mm. You know, you look at the way women are really pilloried for the way they dress or appear. Mm. You know, maybe funds for a wardrobe, I don't know. But just mm. um so we can have more diversity around the table. I yeah. think it's really important to look at ways to really encourage people to stand mm. and not be so scared. Of standing, And really, yep. you know, I did talk about the, you know, some of the ugliness around it, but it's only a small
2: part. Mm. And mm. really I'm, I'm
1: learning too. now not to give it so much headspace because I know what I do. I know who I am. That,
0: exactly. Mm. And I think you mentioned before, you know, about as long as the people that you care about think you're you yes. know, a good person, you're doing that, then that's where that sits. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, God, if they pull me up, I'm all ears. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, all right, pretty much we're sort of, well, we'll, I know you've got to get to your next uh, meeting, so um, (laughs) I do have a question that I I just came up with a day or so ago, and Uh if you don't want to answer, we can edit. If you do, cool. Um, would you like to be the next mayor of Mildura or the mayor at some time?
1: Look, um, to answer, honestly, yes,
0: because,
1: um... We haven't had a female mayor in Mildura since the year 2000. And Cox? And yes, Cancel who it, sadly yeah. died you know, yeah. during her yes. tenure. Yep. And so it's been a very long time. So it is a long time. And so, you know, unfortunately, there's only two of us now who are females. Mm, so if mm. Jodie wanted to step up, I would support her 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think it's time we had a female mayor. Mm-hmm. And if it's me, I'm up for the task.
2: Yep.
0: Awesome. Well, I, I know that loads and loads of people would be happy to see that. I'm not, I don't know how the, the mayor bit works and we won't get into the po- politicizing that, but um, Helen, thanks so much for joining me. It's been an, uh, insightful. Uh, I'm I'm thinking about Garamu, I'm thinking about you and a reggae band. I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, oyen in the black and white days. And I mean by photograph that, that way, you know, mm. in the sixties or something. Um, so thanks so much. It's been an awesome chat. Um, hopefully this um, well, this will get out to the stratosphere in a week or so. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, look, thanks so much for chatting. I appreciate it immensely, and um, I will enjoy watching the rest of your life's journey.
1: Thank you, Corey, and I just want to congratulate you on doing this podcast roundabout. Thanks. I think it's um, wonderful, and I wish you all the best of luck. And I awesome. hope soon you attract some advertising of integrity, so well, you can get a little goes. pay for what you do. Yeah, but no, <laughs> that'd be cool. it, good on you for the initiative. I right? yeah. always love a, I, a, an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, I love it, and it's. I guess to to finish off, it's not. It was never something uh, I decided to do about money, but then it. I was sharing with Jake that look with. Um, the data you you can collect the data as to where people are listening to you. Mm-hmm. There's people in uh, Belgium, Mexico, uh, Spain. What? How is this even possible? How <laughs> would they? They must accidentally stumble across roundabout or something on Spotify. I don't uh, know. Anyway, it's yeah. kind of cool. So it's um, very cool. It Good is. on you. All right. Thanks so much. Good on you, Helen. Okay. Cheers.